it's setting, uh, setting the, the stage, it's setting the backdrop. But with that in mind, let me give you key point number one. We're going to unpack this a little bit closer. Key point number one for us this morning is this. God is in control and will always be faithful to his promises. So this is going to be so encouraging for all of us, especially if, if you're a believer. This is even greater encouragement. Uh, you're going to read through this, uh, through this whole book and just walk away going, oh my goodness, this is, this, that is so God, <laughs> right, to do it that way. So let's look again. Look at verse 1, because there's a lot here just in these first few words. It says, now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled. Now, it's, it's important for us to pause and to stop here for a moment and consider what does Samuel mean by that? What does he mean that it was, it was the days when the judges ruled? Now, you might be able to, to look at that and just go, well, clearly, would you, you know, if you're reading through the book of the Bible, books of the Bible, you might say, well, it follows judges. Clearly, it was the time of the judges. And that's true. But the time of the judges is a period of about 450 years. 450-year time span. How do we know that? Well, there's a couple of ways you can get there. And some people say, well, if you take this and you add it to this, and you know this judge and this judge and this judge and this judge, and it gets, it gets to be about 400 and something, let me tell you a quicker way. Acts chapter 13, verse 20. Here's what it says. After that, he, that's the Lord, gave them judges for about 450 years until Samuel was the prophet. That's a quicker way to get there. You can do the math if you want. But in Acts, it just tells us stuff flat out. It was about 450 years. I think that's a, a quicker way to get there, right? So the time span is about 450 years. Now, while we haven't read this yet, there's going to be a key, a key figure in the narrative. His name is Boaz. And he's going to play a significant role. He's going to be the one that is the redeemer. But if you know your history, if you know your Bible, um, we have, like I said, we haven't read this yet, but Boaz is the son of, wait for it, Rahab. Rahab. All right, so let's put this on the timeline. Judges, the time period of the judges spans about 450 years. But it says Boaz is the son of, of Rahab. Well, who is Rahab? On, and, and where would she be on this timeline? Right near the beginning. Why? Because we just said we have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth takes place during the time of Judges. What's Joshua? What happened? Remember Joshua and Caleb and the spies, and they go into Jericho and they're spying things out, and they come across this woman who was a prostitute named Rahab. She lived on the wall of the city, and, you know, she helped them out. She said, here, I've got a rope out the back window. Probably not the first time that rope was used in Rahab's little apartment. I've got a rope, conveniently, for you to escape through. And what do they do? They run, they escape. Rahab helped them out. Let me pause here just for a moment. This is, this is like, just kind of step off to the side just for a moment. The city of Jericho was about to be destroyed. I can't help but think of modern day war and the things that's going on. 
And in my prayers, this has been my prayer for the people that are involved. At first, I was like, God, I, I was reminded of Abraham. Remember when Abraham was saying, you know, on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah? I mean, let's think about this. Sodom and Gomorrah was what? Wicked, evil. If we've seen wickedness and evil in our time, we've seen it just recently. But during Abraham's time, it was a city called Sodom and Gomorrah. What did Abraham do? He said, God, if there's, if there's 50 people, Lord, if there's 50 people there that are willing to follow you, Lord, would you spare them? Yeah, if you can find 50 willing to follow me, I'll spare them. Okay, well, what about 40? If you can find 40 people willing to follow me, I'll spare them. What did Abraham do? How about 30? How about 20? How about 10? And the Lord said, all right, if you can find 10 people, you can find 10 people willing to follow me, I'll spare them. We know the end of the story, right? Were there even 10 people that were not evil? No. So my prayer has been when we look at Jericho and the destruction of this city. And I think about Rahab, and this has been my prayer. God, you have proven yourself to be faithful. And you have demonstrated from Abraham to Joshua that if there's somebody who's willing to follow you, you would spare them. So what did he do with Rahab? He pulled her and her family out of the situation and protected them. That's been my prayer for the people of Gaza. On the map, you see Gaza. This is where the Philistines used to live. This was commonly the enemy of Israel. My prayer has been, God, if there's ten, if there is so much as one that's willing to follow you and not contribute to the evilness in this world, Lord, protect them, remove them, just as you did, Rahab, and then your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's been my prayer. And, and, and so when I think about Rahab, what did, what did the Lord do? He knew the destruction that was going to come. He knew that this was going to take place. So what happens? He takes Rahab out, her and her family. Now, that's, that's huge on many levels because God was saving a Gentile, first of all, a Gentile woman who wasn't even all that moral and drew her out of the situation and she is even listed in the lineage of Jesus. How incredible is that? So what was God doing? God was protecting the lineage of Christ and he was protecting his promises. So who is, who is Boaz? Keep that in the back of your mind. Rahab is his mom. Rahab is his mom. She married a Jewish man named Solomon, and they had a son named Boaz. And so all of that's going to take place. Uh, we're going to see Boaz here in a little bit, but uh, here it is in Matthew chapter 1. Listen to this. Matthew chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. Solomon begot Boaz by Rahab. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse, 
And Jesse begot David the king. David the king begot Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. So what an incredible, you see why we have to, I mean, we have to stop just a few words in because there's so much going on. But just the simple statement that Samuel is making is, it was the time of the judges. It was time of judges. And so all of this is going on. So what can we observe by knowing all of this? Since Boaz is the son of Rahab, we can know that it's very early during the time of the judges. And it's not going to be near the end of the 450 some odd years. It's near the beginning. The next question would be, what was the time of judges like? What was that time period like? Well, it was a very dark time for Israel, very difficult time for the people of Israel. And the time can, can be summed up in one verse. It's Judges chapter 21, verse 25. Here's what it says. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. That's the time of Judges. That's what it looked like. So when Samuel is telling us that it was the time of Judges and there was no king, the person who's reading this, the the Hebrew people, the Jewish people that's reading this, they would go, I know what that means. That was a rough time. It was really hard. And then Samuel adds on top of that, he says, not only was it that time period, there was a famine taking place. But I want us to look at that again. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. There's a name for that. It's called anarchy. Nobody's in charge. You just do whatever you want. It's chaos. If you, if you, if you, whatever you wanted to do, you did it because there was no consequences. There was no king. There was no order. There was no, there, it was just crazy. Everybody just did whatever they wanted. And because of that, the result of that, that culture, it, it produced people who became idolatrous and it started a terrible cycle. And it's a cycle that you see happen over and over and over throughout the book of Judges. It's made in four parts. Here's what they are. The first part of of this four-part cycle is evil. Every person did something evil, idolatry. They were just doing whatever they wanted. But it became a culture of just pure evil. The second thing that would happen in this cycle is because of their evil and because of the things that they were doing, The second part of that cycle is oppression. God would give them over to their enemies. So you have evil, then you have oppression, and then after a season of their enemies ruling over them, then the people would repent before God. And that's that third theme is repentance. Oh, we're sorry, God, we shouldn't have done that. So they did something evil, and then it was like, okay, I'm going to give you over to your enemies. Oh, I'm sorry, God. And then the fourth theme is restoration. God says, okay, because you've, you've repented, because you have called upon my name, I will then restore you. But that didn't last. What would happen? They would do evil, and then they would be oppressed. And then they would say, I'm sorry, and repent. And then the, what would God do? He would restore them. And then that restoration wouldn't last long before they were what? Doing evil, oppression, repentance, and then restoration. We see that over and over throughout the book of Judges, So when Samuel writes, it was a time when there was no king, 
and it was the time of the judges, the Jewish person reading this, they would look at it and go, I know exactly what you mean. So for us, being Gentile, we don't always know that history. Sometimes it's, it's important for us to pause and to think and consider the backdrop that he has just set, the stage that he has just set. This is how bad things were. The backdrop of this opening sentence is that things were terrible. People were just doing whatever they wanted. And then on top of that, we experienced a famine. There wasn't even enough food. So what did they do? They had to pack up. Let's look. Ruth chapter 1. Let's look at verses 1 and 2 again. Now it came to pass in the, in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech. The name of his wife, Naomi. And the names of his two sons, Malon and Kilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. 